Lifespring number 144, The Man Behind the Microphone, Revisited. Hey! How are you? I'm feeling relieved. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Welcome to the LifeSpring Podcast. Welcome to LifeSpring. Welcome to the LifeSpring family of podcasts. Welcome to my humble abode. So good to see you. Hi, I'm Steve Webb. I'm your host. Yeah, I'm relieved because yesterday I completed the work in the front yard. There's no more work outside. All the landscaping, all the hardscaping, it's all finally done. And I'm very much relieved. I'm sitting here looking at my hands and I've got splinters in my, my hands from uh, the forms. I, I poured some concrete steps yesterday in the front of the house. and So I have splinters in my hands from the concrete forms. But uh, yeah, ah, what a relief. Hey, today's show is going to be really different. Really different. I haven't done one of these in a very, very long time. You know, I really hate to talk about myself. I really do. I mean, I'm, I'm not that kind of person. Um, I like to talk to you about God and about the great things of faith. I like to talk to you about Jesus. I like to talk to you about, you know, what's good about uh, being a follower of Jesus. But I don't really like to talk that much about me. But today, this entire show is going to be about me. It occurred to me that... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, that's embarrassing to keep saying I and me, but uh, it, it occurred to me that it's been a long time since I talked about who this guy is that's uh, here behind the microphone. And you have a right to know. I mean, here I am talking to you about God, about religion, and about why I think that the right thing for each of us is to follow Jesus, to you know, uh, make him our God, make him our Savior. And, uh, you know, so if I'm going to tell you why I think you, you should do that, too, then you have a right to know who I am. And uh, it occurred to me that there should be an About Steve at LifespringPodcast.com so that when people maybe first hear about LifeSpring, they'll know, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> they'll know a little bit about who I am. So that's what I'm doing. And excuse me for the frog in the throat and the sniff there. Um, so that's what the show is going to be today. I'm not going to be playing music. I'm not going to, you know, have email. I'm not going to play audio comments or anything. I'm just going to get right into it and tell you who I am. And you're welcome to comment or to ask further questions. You maybe clarification and a part that I may not have been clear, whatever. Um, so let me tell you at the top of the show that the email address is steve.lifespring at gmail.com. And the toll-free, yes, toll-free listener comment line is... Eight seven plus one, eight seven seven four three three nine zero nine one. Call there, and I'll have it uh, have your message emailed to me right away. It'll come to my phone. Everything, it's, it's great, and uh, I'm footing the bill for you. So there's no reason to not call and ask questions or make comments. So please do. All right. So without further ado, let me tell you about me. All right. Uh, it's a fair question. Uh, let me see if I can give you a fair and accurate snapshot of the guy behind the microphone. On the show today, I'm going to tell you something about my personal life, and then I'm going to talk about my doctrinal beliefs, what I believe about the Bible and God and all that stuff. So, who is Steve Webb? Well, first of all, 
You know this part. I'm a believer in and follower of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the God-man who was crucified and was resurrected on the third day, the Word made flesh, the only begotten Son of God, the Father. I believe that He is wholly human and wholly divine, that He is the only means by which a person can be reconciled to the Father or find forgiveness of sin. My goal, as you listen to the shows in the LifeSpring family of podcasts, is to introduce to you this God in such a way as to cause you to desire to know Him, if you don't already have a relationship with Him, or to remind you of some important aspects of His nature if you already do know Him. Now next I think it's important to say that I am probably a lot like you. What I mean by that is that I'm making my way through this life a day at a time, just like you are. I sometimes struggle to pay the bills. I find myself having to juggle priorities, family, work, spiritual growth, the list goes on, just as in your life. Sometimes I feel like I'm really in tune with God and that the best thing about life is feeling really close to Him. And other times I seem to be in the desert crying out, Do you hear me, God? I've had times in my life where I really, really failed as a Christian, miserably, shamefully, to my complete and utter embarrassment. I have felt certain that God could never use me again because I've blown it so badly. But one of the most amazing parts of God is that He is a God of forgiveness. When we change direction, when we're done with our rebellion and sin, when we come to the place where we want nothing at all to do with that sin, and we only want to be with Him and feel His presence in our life again, He is happy and faithful to welcome us back with open arms. I have felt his loving embrace many times when I ran back to him after turning away. I want you to know that love and joy and peace that I've experienced. Next, I'm the husband of the lovely Lady Leanne. We've been married since New Year's Eve, 1989. We have two sons together, Stephen and Timothy, and I'm also the very proud dad of Matthew, my son from my first marriage. Leanne loves Matthew too and is just as proud of him as I am. And I'll talk about that two marriages thing here in a few minutes because I know there's probably questions about that. Leanne and I operate a mom and pop business together, which I started in 1988. We attend church in Riverside, California. The name of the church is LifeSpring. Used to be called Calvary Temple. A little bit more about that a little bit later. Leanne has been attending there since she was a youngster and I began attending when I was dating her. The church is affiliated with the Assemblies of God. However, I am not a member of the church. More about that later. Speaking of church, I guess now is a good time to tell you about my religious background. I was raised in a good family, but not a religious one. Along the way, I heard about Jesus and who he was supposed to be, and I believed it, but it wasn't until I was a teenager that I came to accept him as my Savior. A good friend of mine by the name of Del Brixey had invited me to go to church with him when we were in high school, and um, after attending his church for several months, I began to understand that I needed to make a conscious decision to make God a part of my life, to ask him to forgive me of my sins and to be my Savior. Believing it is one thing, but accepting it, receiving it, making it part of who you are is something entirely different. So, at the age of 16, I became a Christian. Now, that happened at a little church in Roland Heights, California. I don't even think the church is still there. 
but that church was part of the Southern Baptist denomination. And for several years, I believed that in order to be right, you had to be a Baptist. I mean, that's normal, right? It's human nature. It's a human characteristic to have the attitude that my group is better than your group, right? Especially, you know, when you're a kid. But even as you're a grown-up, I began to realize that you could actually be a Christian and not be a Baptist not long after I married my first wife and we moved to Mammoth Lakes, California. Mammoth is a uh, a mountain um, ski community. And at the time, this was back in the 70s, it was a, a small community. There were no Baptist churches there in town at the time. So we were forced to go to a community church not really quite knowing what to expect because the only kind of church I'd ever been to, and the same thing with my uh, first wife, she was um, Baptist as well. We, we didn't know what to expect, but we went there. And what we found was a group of people who were normal. <laughs> they had the same desire to know and learn and grow. And the Jesus that they talked about was the same one that I knew. So my Christian family began to expand at this point. And this, by the way, is where I first began teaching. I got to know the pastor there pretty well, and he asked if I would teach a class for new believers. Now, I have to say, I really felt unqualified, but I hesitatingly agreed to take the class on. What I found was that I enjoy teaching, and that in preparing to teach, the teacher learns more than the students. So it was a a, a wonderful growing experience for me. And since then, by the way, I've taught Sunday school or led Bible studies at virtually every age level in several different churches, because this happened, like I said, back in the, uh, in the seventies and here it is 2007. So that's a lot of years and uh, I've moved uh, a lot in my life and I've attended many different churches and I've been a part of each church that I've attended. I've, I've taught or I've, you know, been in a Bible study or taught a Bible study. So I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of study in my life. So Fast forward about six years from that time in Mammoth. I began working at a Christian bookstore here in Southern California, where I eventually became general manager of two of their locations. Well, during my years with the company, I developed friendships with people of nearly every denomination imaginable. Certainly, there were differences in what we believed, but those differences were in what I call peripheral matters or peripheral issues. The core issues, which I'll talk about later, were common ground. If we agreed on those core issues, it didn't matter to me what your denomination was. We were family, part of the church, the body of Christ. Well, I've mentioned that there have been many times of failure in my life as a Christian, and this is where I have to bring up the worst failure of my life. After I left the bookstore business, after I left the Christian bookstore, my first wife and I divorced after 12 years of marriage. Yes, we were both Christians. Yes, we had a child. Yes, we went to counseling. No, Christians are not supposed to get divorces. No, I never thought it would happen to me. And while it takes two to make a marriage, and it takes two to give up on a marriage, I take full responsibility for the breakup. It was my selfishness and my pride and my fault. I was convinced after the divorce that my days of serving God were over. I thought, how could he use me when I had failed so miserably? I thought, everyone will know that I'm not perfect. All of my credibility is gone. How can I tell people that Jesus is the answer 
when I'm not even able to hold my own marriage together. What a hypocrite I am. I was broken. I stopped going to church because that's where I felt most like a hypocrite. I couldn't go. I would sit in the pew and as I I know now, it was the enemy attacking, saying, you are such a hypocrite. Why are you even here? God does not want you in this place. You don't deserve to be here. These people that are sitting around you know what a hypocrite you are and on and on and on. And I know that it was the devil trying to make me not go to church because when you are hurting, my friend, that is where you need to be. Even when you are in the midst of sin, how are you going to get reconnected to God unless you go to where God is working through people? But that's what was happening in my life. I was I was broken and uh, it was the worst time in my life. Well, so what brought me back to church was Leanne. We began dating and while we dated, she asked me to visit her church at the time It was called Calvary Temple here in Riverside. Now, I have to admit that I went just as much to be with her as for any religious reason. I didn't go because I thought I was going to meet God at church. I went because I wanted to be with her. Well, at this time, I was still feeling, like I said, like a failure and feeling like I had no business being there. But something happened over the weeks. Something marvelous started to happen inside of me. As I sat there in the pew, surrounded by believers who were worshiping God during the singing portion of the service, and as I listened to the word being preached, I began to say to God, Lord, if this is real, I want it. If this is real, Lord, make it real in my heart again. If you will have me back, please make it real in my life again. And that was the beginning of the healing that had to take place in my heart. From the time that I prayed that prayer, God restored my faith and brought joy back in my heart. I experienced a forgiveness and a love that is just about impossible to describe. That took place in 1988. I was accepted with open arms not only by God, but by the entire church family there at Calvary Temple. And as a matter of fact, after I had been attending there regularly for about a year or so, the pastor, Mel Bennett, asked me to take over teaching the adult Sunday school class that he had taught for several years. Now, I told him that I was really pleased and honored that he would ask me to do this, but there were some differences. I had some differences with the doctrine of the Assemblies of God. I told him that because of those differences, I would not be joining the church. Because in my opinion... When a person joins a church, he's saying that he agrees with the teachings of that church. Well, Pastor Bennett said that he understood because I told him that my background was Baptist. He said that he understood and that he even admired my stance. He said that he wouldn't want me to join just to fit in or just because it was expected. He said that as long as I didn't use the class as a platform to stir up dissension on the issues that we disagreed with, that he would still like me to teach. You know, we have so very many things that we do agree on, the core issues that I mentioned earlier, 
that the other peripheral issues shouldn't be a problem. And I agreed to that because they are, to me, peripheral issues. They're not the central thing that makes someone a Christian or a believer. And so with that, I I took over the class. And I taught the class for several years. And then I also went on to become the director of Christian education there at the church. Um, I led um, the kids' worship, taught a lot of different things. So (laughs) then the technology bug bit me. I persuaded the church to buy some computers for the sound booth and a projector. Uh, One computer was used to record the sermons with instead of the cassettes that we were doing. You know, we'd make a cassette and then duplicate them one after the other, one after the other, after the other. Oh, it was horrible. And, uh, of course, the other computer was for, at the time I was using PowerPoint to show, you know, sermon outlines and things like that. And uh, so I've been the tech guy at the church now since about 1999, something like that. Then in September of 2004, I heard Leo Laporte interview some guy on his radio show here in Southern California. This guy had been on MTV during the 80s. I didn't really know him because I wasn't a big MTV watcher. Um, But his name was Adam Curry, and he was talking about this cool new technology called podcasting. Sort of like radio, but on the Internet, and people could have new shows automatically downloaded to their computers and then automatically transferred to their iPods. Well, see, I had just gotten an iPod, so I thought, oh, this is cool. It sounds, you know, sounds interesting. Well, one of the jobs that, I, that I've had, and I didn't mention earlier, was I used to be in radio. I was not on the air. I was not a, a disc jockey. I was not a host, anything like that. I used to sell radio advertising. Um, but I've always had, since then, just a, an interest in radio anyway. So my ears kind of perked up when I heard about this podcasting thing that Adam was talking to Leo about. Actually, what was happening was that God was planting a seed in my heart. And remember, this was September of 2004. I mean, podcasting, I think um, Adam Curry put up his first podcast in like August of 2004. So this was the infancy of podcasting. Well, something else happened that September, and it was this. In one of my private times of prayer with God, well, actually, the business that, that Leanne and I do is windshield repair. It doesn't take a lot of brain power, and I've been doing it for so long that I don't really have to use my mind when I'm repairing windshields. And so one day I was working on a windshield, and I was just praying to God, just having a, a time of worship with God. I was thanking him for his goodness and his faithfulness and, and all the wonderful things that he's done for me, his mercy, and on and on and on. And I asked him what more I could do for him. I was already doing the tech stuff at church and included with that was creating graphics for the sermons and for the announcement slides. And I was creating logos and things like that. I was doing things on the computer graphically. And I just asked God if there was something more that I could do, I would do whatever he wanted me to do. I was just, again, giving myself completely to him. God spoke to my heart that morning in a very clear way. It was not an audible voice. But what he said to me was as clear and as distinct as anything that I've ever heard with my ears. He said to me, proclaim my name. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? And he just repeated, proclaim my name. Well, I pondered that message for several days. I actually thought that what God wanted was for me to do something with the graphics, with the art that I was creating for the church. I didn't know what exactly to do, so I would just sit at my computer and work on creating art that glorified God. But nothing really clicked. 
I, I you know, open up Photoshop and I would do things and it, nothing just felt right. Okay, so that were that was two events in September. The interview with Leo and Adam on the radio, and then this time where God told me, proclaim my name. Well, in October, the very next month, I took my youngest boy on a camping trip with the Cub Scouts in Joshua Tree National Park. It's in the Southern California desert. Well, one night, actually early morning, God woke me up in my tent at 2.30 in the morning. Now, I know it was God because I'm the type that doesn't wake up in the middle of the night. I go to bed, I am just dead asleep until it's time to wake up in the morning. But he woke me up at 2.30. And as soon as I awoke, he began, God began to fill my mind with ideas for a Christian podcast. Now, as I said, at the time, podcasting was brand new. There were only about 800 or so podcasts, maybe not even that many, listed at the only existing podcast directory at the time, ipotter.org, which is now indiepotter.org, I think it is. And there were only about five or six religious podcasts. The three or four Christian podcasts were repurposed church sermons. The other shows were non-Christian, and um, I didn't, you know, I didn't listen to them. I think one was a, a Buddhist, possibly. Uh, one might have been, um, no, what was it? Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't remember exactly what it was. But um, the Christian podcasts that were there were just church sermons from, um, you know, from a church or from churches. Well, the idea that God put into my head that early morning was that he wanted me to do a podcast that people who were not Christians could listen to and hear about God and his love in a non-church way without all the Christian buzzwords. He reminded me that the printing press was the very first mass medium and that the Gutenberg Bible was the first thing published with it. And he told me that he wanted to be a part of this new medium called podcasting. And he wanted me to make the show so that non-believers could listen and not be threatened and hear about the message of hope, love, and good news about Jesus. And so that's how the LifeSpring podcast was born. Um, the, the, the name LifeSpring came, um, my brother-in-law, Steve O'Brien at the time was the associate pastor at the church and he had started a Saturday evening service, a more contemporary service, and they wanted to give it a name. And they kicked around a lot of different names, but I came up with the name LifeSpring because of the fact that Jesus talks about, uh, uh, you know, being a spring of living water. You hear me say it on the show every week. So that name got selected for that Saturday evening service. And uh, that service has since gone by the wayside. But when I started the show, I liked the name LifeSpring. And so that's what I called the show. And by the way, that's what the church is now named as well. Uh, the church had its 50th anniversary a couple of years ago, and uh, they renamed the church to LifeSpring. So that's how the podcast was born. Um, on November 13th, 2004, I uploaded the very first episode, which I recorded using Calvary Temple's equipment, because Pastor Bennett had very graciously allowed me to use the equipment there until I was finally able to buy some equipment and record here at my house. Since then, I've added several new shows to the family of podcasts, as you probably know, including shows hosted by the lovely Lady Leanne, our sons Stephen and Timothy, and our brother-in-law Steve O'Brien, whom I just talked a little bit about. By the way, Steve has been uh, elected senior pastor of the church. Pastor Bennett has announced his retirement, I think September, I forget the exact date, but Pastor Bennett is retiring after nearly 40 years at the church, 
And Steve is uh, going to be senior pastor. So congratulations to Steve. LifeSpring has been nominated for a People's Choice Podcast Award uh, in the very first year of those awards. Uh, those are the awards that are given out at the uh, Podcast and Portable Media Expo. That's what it was called the first year. This year it's called the Podcast and New Media Expo. But um, LifeSpring was nominated uh, for a, uh, an award in the Religion Inspiration category that very first year. And then last year, the uh, LifeSpring podcast won the Podcast Peers Award in the same category. Um, the Podcast Peers Award, of course, is um, selected or awarded by the my podcasting peers. And the People's Choice is just as you might think. It's anybody that wants to can vote for that. And then again this year, and this is the first time I've mentioned it on LifeSpring because I just found out last week, um, just after I uploaded the show last week, I found out that um, LifeSpring has been nominated again this year for a People's Choice Podcast Award. Voting is taking place, as a matter of fact, even as I am doing this podcast. If you would go to podcastawards.com and vote for the LifeSpring Podcast, if you if this is your favorite religious show, I would be very appreciative for sure. And you're allowed to vote once a day. So um, if you could do that, if you could remember to do that, if you maybe give yourself an alarm of some sort in your outlook or something, um, it would be very much appreciated if you would vote for this show. Because uh, the more votes we get, if we win, then that's just that much more visibility for the show and uh, enable uh, more people to find the show and thus uh, find that message of hope, love, and good news. I receive emails from around the world telling me about how hearing that message on the show has blessed them. People are hearing about Jesus and being brought closer to him. And that is what God wanted when he told me, proclaim my name. So that's a little bit about me. What I believe. It's important that you know what I believe and then I get it out there because I've never just sat and gone through, you know, point one, point two, point three, etc., on what I believe. And so this is my statement of faith. First off, I believe that the Bible is God's infallible written word with its 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. It is the only basis for what I believe about God, about things religious. I believe that it was uniquely, verbally, and fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that it was written without error in the original manuscripts. It is the supreme and final authority in all matters on which it speaks. I accept those areas of doctrinal teaching which, historically, there has been general agreement among all true Christians. These are the core values I'm talking about. I understand that there are differences on other what I call peripheral doctrinal matters, but where there are differences of interpretation regarding these issues, provided that any interpretation is based upon the Bible alone, those differences will not become issues which separates us. Okay? If you believe one way and I believe another on these peripheral things, that doesn't mean that we can't be friends, that, can't, that we can't be brothers and sisters. That's why I'm able to be at the LifeSpring Church and teach and have you know, positions of uh, responsibility and not be a member. It's because those other things are not the core. Okay, I've got several points here that I want to cover, and I'm going to go through them very quickly. I believe that there is one true God, eternally existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each of whom possesses equally all the attributes of deity and the characteristics of personality. I believe that Jesus is God, the living Word, who became flesh through His miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit and His virgin birth. Hence, He is perfect deity and true humanity united in one person forever. 
I believe that he lived a sinless life and voluntarily atoned for the sins of men by dying on the cross as their substitute, thus satisfying divine justice and accomplishing salvation for all who trust in him alone. I believe that he rose from the dead in the very same body, though glorified, in which he lived and died. I believe that he ascended bodily into heaven and that he sat down at the right hand of God the Father, where he, the only mediator between God and man, continually makes intercession for his own, for you and for me, for you if you're a believer in Jesus. I believe that man was originally created in the image of God, but he sinned by disobeying God, so he was alienated from his Creator. And that historic fall brought all mankind under divine condemnation. I believe that man's nature is corrupted and that he is totally unable to please God. Everyone is in need of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. I believe that the salvation of man is completely a work of God's free grace and is not the work, in whole or in part, of human works or goodness or religious ceremony. God gives his righteousness to those who put their faith in Jesus alone for their salvation and thereby justified them in his sight. I believe that it is the privilege of all who are born again of the Spirit to be assured of their salvation from the very moment in which they trust Jesus as their Savior. This assurance is not based upon any kind of human merit, but is produced by the witness of the Holy Spirit, who confirms in the believer the testimony of God in His written word. I believe the Holy Spirit has come into the world to reveal and glorify Jesus and to apply the saving work of Him to men, the saving work of Jesus to men. He convicts and draws sinners to Christ. He imparts new life to them, continually indwells them from the moment of spiritual birth, and seals them until the day of redemption. His fullness, power, and control are appropriated in the believer's life by faith. I believe that every believer is called to live so in the power of the indwelling spirit that he will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but will bear fruit to the glory of God. I believe that Jesus is the head of the church, his body, which is composed of all men, living and dead, who have been joined to him through saving faith. I believe that God admonishes his people to assemble together regularly for worship, for participation in ordinances, for edification through the scriptures, and for mutual encouragement. I believe that at physical death, the believer enters immediately into eternal, conscious fellowship with the Lord and awaits the resurrection of his body to everlasting glory and blessing. And I also believe that at physical death, the unbeliever enters immediately into eternal, conscious separation from the Lord and awaits the resurrection of his body to everlasting judgment and condemnation. I believe that Jesus will come again to the earth personally, visibly, and bodily to consummate history and the eternal plan of God. I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ commanded all believers to proclaim the gospel throughout the world and to disciple men of every nation. The fulfillment of that great commission requires that all worldly and personal ambitions be subordinated to a total commitment to Him who loved us and gave Himself for us, Jesus Christ. And so that, my friend, is who I am and what I believe. I know this has been a very different show. I hope that it hasn't been too boring. I hope that you found something of interest there. I hope you found some encouragement. Um, I don't think that there's any one of us, or I know there is nobody listening who is without sin. And I think that there may be some Christians out there who have uh, been beating themselves up 
because of the sins, because of their failures. You need to get over that. You need to understand that God will forgive you. I believe that there are people listening who have never accepted Jesus into their own life and in their own heart. And I would only encourage you to do that. There's nothing to fear. There is only good that can come of making that decision, of bringing Jesus into your life, saying, I have blown it, I have messed up, I have sinned. That's not a popular word these days, sin. Sin is merely falling short of what God wants. It's doing something that is against what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach about things to not do because God is a uh, a party pooper. Things that he doesn't want us to do are things that will hurt us. It's like when you have a little kid and you say, don't touch that hot stove. It's not because you're trying to keep them from having fun. You're trying to keep them from being hurt. Well, the things that God asks us not to do in the Bible, the things that God tells us not to do in the Bible are things that are going to hurt us. And he says, don't do it. And just like if that little baby, you know, reaches for that stove, you slap his hand to say, stop doing that. God sometimes has to slap our hands. And that's why the punishment comes. It's not because he's a a mean old guy, but it's because he so loves us that he doesn't want us to be hurt or harmed. And so I would encourage you, if you've you know been on the fence and you don't know whether or not you want to become a believer or not, well, you know, I have done it both ways. I've done my own thing and I've found emptiness. I have found sadness. I have found um, just a, a coldness of heart and I've done it God's way. Doing it God's way is always a whole lot better. You feel re- rewarded in your heart. You feel a peace. You feel a joy, you feel a happiness, you feel all these things that are beyond what the world can give. Now, does that mean that everything is perfect? Obviously not. I was a believer when I went through my divorce, but I had decided that I was going to do my own thing. We always have free choice. God does not take our free choice away. And even believers can make wrong choices. So if you're a non-believer and you see Christians that are messing up and hypocrites, yeah, you're right. None of us are perfect. And I am the first to say that I'm not. Even today, I'm not perfect. I blow it every day. But I'm quick, almost every time, I'm quick to go back to God and say, please forgive me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I blew it. I so much would like to be able to include you as uh, not just a Lifespring family member, but a family of God. I would love to be able to know that each person listening who is not a believer today would someday become a believer and accept Jesus and the gift that he is offering you. I so much want to be able to see you in heaven. I'd like to meet you here before uh, one or both of us dies. But for sure, uh, if you're listening to this today, it's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence. It's not uh, by chance. You're here because God wants you to be listening. So if you have any questions, please, please feel free. Uh, Write me an email, steve.lifespring at gmail.com. I'm often on the computer. If you see that I'm online uh, in Google chat, you can, you can, you know, start a chat with me. Um, You can uh, call in a a voice comment. Like I said, 877-433-9091. Contact me if you have any questions. If you want to challenge me, that's okay too. I'm here because, uh, because I want to be, because God asked me to be here and you're listening because now is your appointed time. Well, that's going to do it. Um, Please don't forget to go to uh, podcastawards.com and vote for all your favorite podcasts. 
As I said, this has been a very different show today. Next week, we'll be back to the, the same old, same old as far as format. Uh, there'll be music talking about... I know exactly what I'll be talking about next week. It came up in the Lifespring Family Bible, reading in the New Testament book of Luke right now. I read something the other day that uh, really kind of piqued my interest, and I think we're going to be talking about that next week. So you'll just have to come back then and find out what it's going to be. Until then, and uh, until you hear one of the other Lifespring Family podcasts, and check them all out at lifespringpodcast.com. Until then, my name is Steve Webb. Thank you so much for being with me today, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Indulging me. And I'll have this information at the show notes page now as well. So God bless you. I love you, and Jesus loves you. We'll see you next time. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. 